Good morning, Centerway Church. My name is Eric. Well, here we are again. We want to say thanks for making the most of it. We trust that you're all doing well, staying healthy, and we cannot wait to be together again. We want to welcome all the familiar faces and those who are joining for the very first time. Also, welcome to those on the live, live platform and those of you who are watching or listening later on. Now, here are some helpful things to note for today. We have a message just for your kids. They learn from the same text, but with kid-friendly content. And there are other resources available for you, such as Monday, Wednesday, Friday devotions and wallpapers with the application question to go with it. You can visit our website to find all of these things I just mentioned. Now, we're also in a special online cycle of circles via Zoom. We have an incredible time talking together about the application question and basically just sharing life together. And during this cycle, we're keeping the circles open to adding people. So if you find yourself in need of community or just wanting to do life together, sign up on the Next Steps page of the website. If you or someone you know needs assistance, prayer, or if you have any ideas on how we can serve our community and each other, email us at connect at centerwaychurch.com. We're also mailing some things out this coming week, so if you haven't shared your info with us, you might want to do that. You can email us or you can use the communication card on the live platform. Now, speaking of the live platform, if that's where you're watching today, there are some things to know. You can feel free to chat before or during the gathering, but if that gets distracting, you can switch to the Bible or the notes area. You can request live prayer, and there are tabs to share info, give, take next steps, and find previous messages. If you're watching or listening later on, you can do all these things through our website. Now here's what to expect today. In just a moment, Anna will be reading the scripture text for us. Claude will be communicating from the Bible. Meredith will be sharing some ways to respond in worship. And then immediately after the message, you can head over to Instagram Live or Facebook Live as a way to respond through song. Now here's Anna with the text for today. Hi, my name is Anna Ogden, and I'll be reading the scripture for today. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 17 through 25. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I appeal to you, brothers, bear with my word of exhortation, for I have written to you briefly. You should know that our brother Timothy has been released, with whom I shall see you if he comes soon. Greet all your leaders and all the saints. Those who come from Italy send you greetings. Grace be with all of you.
Good morning, my name is Claude. My wife Meredith and I are the lead pastors at Centerway Church, and I'm super excited to be with you this morning. Uh, we're continuing our series called Loud and Clear. And the message entitled this morning is actually uh, Grace. So Loud and Clear Grace. Uh, we're wrapping up the series Loud and Clear, and uh, as we do that, it's kind of cool. You may not realize that by the conclusion of today, we will have journeyed through the entire book of Hebrews. Um, but it's actually a journey that began back in September that has spanned five different series in a total of 33 weeks. And uh, we're pretty excited about that reality because if uh, you've been at Centerway since our pre-launch meetings, that means that you will now have heard um, or journeyed with us through the book of Philippians, the book of 1 Corinthians, and now the book of Hebrews. Um, and we're really excited about uh, not only wrapping up this series, but also continuing in uh, creating an environment of biblical literacy. Uh, we love the Word of God and we're excited to journey uh, through it together. Um, if you want to continue to uh, kind of be equipped to that end in the area of biblical literacy, I want to encourage you to uh, make sure that we have your information. Uh, you should have received something in the mail or will about to uh, receive something in the mail if we have your information so that you can journey with us and be equipped as we continue into the next series. So really exciting things coming ahead and just kind of want to give that little bit of an announcement on the front end. If you haven't given us your information, you're going to want to do that. Uh, of course, if you've missed past messages, you can go to our website and check it out. This morning, though, uh, we're going to wrap up uh, Hebrews, uh, as was already read, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 17 through 25. And uh, as I was kind of considering uh, what to share with you this morning, I was reminiscing back to my college years, my undergrad years specifically. And uh, I transferred in as a freshman uh, into a, to a Bible college and uh, after I finished the first year, I was asked to move into an apartment with some upperclassmen. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was kind of an honor. Uh, it was sort of a big deal, but I was really the low man on the totem pole. Uh, in fact, uh, we lived in an apartment and in our apartment, there was a living room and there was like this partition in the living room. Uh, behind the partition was a bed and I was told that was my <laughs> room my first time in. So uh, it was kind of a hazing of sorts. I was like, this doesn't have a door. They're like, we don't care. You're welcome. And I was like, awesome. And uh, then when I would come out from time to time, uh, they would uh, wrestle me. And it was kind of one of those things that at any given moment, I just had to be ready to get jumped by one of these guys. And they would, uh, they would wrestle me to the point where I had to kind of submit. I had to tap out, if you will. And uh, it, was, it was entertaining at times. Uh, I'll be honest, uh, I would give up rather quickly just because I figured, what's the point? Um, sometimes I would start to win and then I would realize that that was unacceptable. <laughs> and so I would kind of be like, oh yeah, oh, you got me, you got me. Um, I would never tell them that I was letting them win. And in fact, if you're listening now, guys, I'm totally just, you know, no, I let you in. I definitely let you in. And the proof is one moment in particular, I was coming out on a Saturday from behind my partition and one of the guys was there and he said, are you ready to get beat down? And I was like, bring it. And uh, so he starts coming towards me and uh, I was like, I got to warn you, I'm not in the mood today. It had been a rough kind of week. And I was like, if you come at me, you're going to lose. And he's like, okay, all right. And so he comes running at me. Sure enough, he grabs me around the waist. We go to the ground. The guys come out. Um, we had kind of a cool setup. 
or we had couches kind of stacked up as stadium seating <laughs> to watch several TVs in our living room. It was kind of cool and also kind of weird. Uh, in either case, they come out into the stadium seating and they're just enjoying the show. You know, the underclassman is uh, getting thrown around by the senior. And uh, as it's happening, all of a sudden, the tide starts to turn. I'm just done. I'm done with the game. I'm done pretending. I don't care what I'm supposed to do or, you know, be the, the nice little underclassman. No, I'm just done and I'm going to fight back. And so I throw this guy on his stomach and I grab his arm and I bend it around his back and everyone's like freaking out. I start cranking on his arm. He's trying to get out of it. He can't. I'm holding him there. And uh, he starts to, to, to like, get nervous. You know, you could see it on his face. Like this isn't the way it's supposed to play out. And, uh, I was like, tap out. And he's like, what? And he's like trying to get out. And I was like, tap out. And I just start leaning into it. And there's like this hush and he's like, okay, okay. I tap. I was like, what? He's like, I, I tap, I tap. And he hits the ground. And I was like, that's right. And I let him go. And there was like this moment of like, oh no. And he kind of stormed away. His pride was hurt. And I thought, is this a bad thing? Is this a good thing? It was definitely a turning point um, in our apartment where all of a sudden it was like a rite of passage and it kind of uh, eliminated some of the, the tension of the fact that I was the underclassman. Um, but it also created this environment where all of a sudden I was an equal, but I was an equal that had submitted someone else and all of a sudden somebody's pride was hurt and it kind of, this weird dynamic. Because at the end of the day, no one really likes to be submitted. No one likes that, no one enjoys it. It doesn't matter if it's a rite of passage or whatever, no one enjoys that at all. And so the question I wanna ask you this morning is why do we sometimes think submission is a bad thing? Why do we sometimes think submission is a bad thing? I mean, there's the pretty obvious fact that it has a negative connotation in our society. Uh, submitting a, is a position of surrender. It's a position of vulnerability. You're giving up. In mixed martial arts, if someone submits someone else, it means that they defeated that person. And so it's, a, it's almost like this idea that you've been defeated. You see, in our society, if someone submits you, they've displayed their dominance over you. They're stronger either physically or verbally, right? Isn't that an interesting thought that we can use our words to dominate over others, that we can literally use our words to submit someone? It's a way of kind of breaking people down, causing another person to submit is in some way wearing them down to the point where they say, okay, enough is enough. I give up. You win. I submit. I mean, it's, it's no wonder that this idea has so much baggage in our society. But here's what we need to understand this morning. The author's not talking about submission in the way that I've illustrated. In fact, the author is not telling us to be submitted by others. They're not saying that at all. The author is, is rather saying that we are to willingly submit to others. So we're not being submitted by someone, we're submitting ourselves. It's a big difference, a really big difference. And the author's not saying to submit to just anyone. You know, when I was uh, right after high school graduation, I got a job at a um, office supply store. And um, 
it was it was a rather good job. It was kind of my first job after high school, and uh, it ended up not working out. But I, I was there for a short time, and the boss was so gracious, and he was so kind. Like anything that he ever needed, we would do. I mean, it didn't even feel like it was a work boss employee type environment. It was almost like we were a team, just kind of doing our job together. It was shortly after that that I had to get a different job for a story that's not worth our time today. And uh, as I went there, I was now a, a salesman of tools in a hardware department. And uh, when I went in there, I was told that my boss uh, was this guy who clearly had a chip on his shoulder. It was like he had something to prove. He was annoyed. I don't know what his deal was. I don't pretend to know. But he had this mantra where when he told you what to do, your response, and he told me this day one, when I tell you what to do, I might ask, and why do you have to do that? And your answer is to be, because you're the boss. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. When I say, why do you have to do that? Your answer has to be, because you're the boss. I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, it's what we do around here. It's fine, it's normal. Well, it's normal because it was a culture that he created, a culture of control. And it was infuriating. It was really, really de-energizing. Everyone felt like because of his positional authority, he was continually and constantly lording over us. Because you're the boss. And people would roll their eyes. They didn't have any respect. They didn't view him as the boss. They viewed him as some form of, of a dictator. You see, we're not talking about positional submission in this text. When, when we talk about the idea of positional submission, it can be destructive and possibly even abusive. So it's interesting, in our mindset, in our society, we might look at this text and we might say, oh, uh, I don't want to be submitted by others. Not what the author's saying. And we might say, oh, because the positional authority, we have to submit. Not what the author's saying. It's not about either one of those things. So what actually is the author saying? Let's look at verse 17. It says this, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls. So those who have to give an account, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for, they would, for that would be of no advantage to you. For that would be of no advantage to you. So we're to submit willingly, not be submitted by others, but not just to anyone. So who is it? Obey your leaders and submit to them. And then here it is. For they are keeping watch over your souls. So we're to submit to people that are keeping watch over our souls. Not someone in positional authority, but to submit to someone that cares enough to tell us the truth of the gospel in love. Someone that is caring for our souls, that's keeping watch over our souls. Not someone that's in a, a positional title and has some form of dominance and control over you, but someone that displays Christ-centered love and care for your soul. Significant difference. We also have to realize something that, uh, that I, I said here, I said, we have to submit. We, in context here, we should obey and submit to our Christ-centered leaders. We. I'm saying we because this is not a message of look at the authority. 
the spiritual authority that, that your pastors have over you, that your elders have over you, people that have the God-given authority to, to kind of positionally control. No, that's, that's not what this is about at all. We as humans are all under authority. Be leery of the leader that answers to no one. Let me say that again. Be leery of the leader that answers to no one. That's not biblical. It's destructive. Every human being, Christian or not, within the church, outside the church, every human being is under authority. And they either resent that authority or they submit to that authority. Meredith and I are submitted to both internal and external elders. People that have the God-given authority to, to challenge us on whether or not we're living and leading in line with the gospel. Here's the deal. Those elders, both internal and external, are submitted to other godly leaders that are, that are determining whether or not they are living and leading in line with the gospel. There's accountability here on earth, but it continues all the way up. We could continue to, to say, and those people are accountable to these people who are accountable to these people that are ultimately accountable to what the verse reveals if we continue to read. Here's the thing. For they keep watch... Uh, Sorry, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Have to give an account to who? To the Lord. Ultimately, we have to give an account to the Lord. Leaders will stand before God. And leaders, by definition, are influencers. So that means influencers will have to stand before God for the influence that they have placed on others. It's sobering. It's sobering for, for several reasons. One, uh, people would use this text to be like, so, so be cautious as you pursue leadership because with that comes greater accountability. The Lord will hold you accountable. And you know what? That's true. But you know what? I think it's diminishing the royal priesthood and the reality that we are all called to be leaders and influencers. And so I want to submit to you this reality this morning. Because you are a spiritual leader and an influencer, Christian or not, Christian or not, you have spiritual influence. If you talk about the truths of the word of God, who God is, you are influencing people towards Christ. If you deny God and you say there is no existence of God, you are spiritually influencing others. So regardless of whether you are a committed Christ follower or a complete skeptic this morning, the fact is you have spiritual influence on others. We love to think that we live in some world where we can just kind of statically exist, where our world is just kind of insulated and we affect ourselves. And Oh, come on. I don't have an effect on other people. No one can hold me accountable for that. That's not true. We will all give an account for the way that we have influenced others. We have either moved people closer to God or we have influenced them away from God. We will be held accountable for our influence. It's sobering. It's unsettling. And I think it's a good unsettling because it causes us to evaluate our lives, evaluate our hearts and our motives. Consider the impact that we're having as as parents, as classmates, as friends, as siblings, as leaders, influencers in every sphere of life. So listen. Submitting to someone spiritually 
a willingness to submit yourselves to someone spiritually is a display of godly trust. It's not, it's not a, a weak response. It comes from a, from a position of strength to say, you know what? I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth as hard as the truth is sometimes to hear. Don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what the word of God says. Tell me truth in love. Tell me truth in love. That's a, that's a strong statement to be able to say that. That's a position of strength, not a position of weakness. Because ultimately, our submission is to Jesus Christ. And to do anything less would be what the scripture says. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. It would be of no advantage to you. It's amazing. We do so many things for self. And, and, and the author is actually leaning into that and saying, listen, if you want something, if you want to advantage yourself, allow people to speak truth into your life. Submit to them. Submit to their godly counsel. To do anything less would be of no advantage. Then it goes on, verse 18. It says this. It says, pray for us. For we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. I love this. I love it because it dismantles anyone's argument that the author is in some way attempting to power up. To be like, listen, you need to submit to me. You need, because literally as it goes from that verse, it then says, oh, will you pray for us? <laughs> will you pray for us that our motives would be pure? That our conscience would be clear? The author is saying, pray for your leaders because they are all human, 100%. Pray that they have the God-given strength and wisdom to honor the Lord in all that they say, in all that they do, in all that they think. The author then moves on to a prayer for them. It's actually one of the most gospel-saturated, beautiful benedictions in the Bible. I'll read it to you now. Verses 20 through 21 says this, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you, with everything good, that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. It's incredible. It's a powerful prayer. It's more powerful maybe than you realize when you just read it. At face value, it's like, wow, it's this succinct outline of the truth of the gospel. But something deeper is happening. You see, we have to consider the original audience and the, the context of the fact that these original readers were Hebrew Christians that have been raised to know the God of wrath. That's it. Their mindset is a God of wrath. And maybe, quite honestly, your perspective this morning is a God of wrath. Growing up, if I'm completely honest, I grew up in the church and my perspective of God was a God of wrath, just waiting for me to mess up. Like some cosmic scorekeeper that if I stepped out of line, he was going to, you know, sit me down and play a movie of all the sin of my life and be like, and here you messed up and here you messed up. And I was gonna be like, sorry, sorry. He's gonna be like, oh, too late. I mean, you're going to burn in hell when I'm done here, but I'm just going through the list. 
Like that was my mindset of this abusive God. And then it's like, submit to God. I'm like, I don't, I don't want, like, I guess I want to avoid hell. But it wasn't this story of love and mercy, this story of grace. You see, these people knew a God of wrath, but the author says, what in the beginning? God of peace. God of peace. Why? Because all of a sudden something happened randomly for the God of wrath that they knew to become a God of peace? Did they straighten up their theology? Is it that they behaved enough in order to earn a peaceful God? No. It's because of what has been threaded through this entire letter to the Hebrews. Jesus took the wrath of God. You see, when you go all the way back, five series back, and you read through Hebrews, you start to realize that there is this story of a greater priest, of a great high priest, this story of this God-man who came to earth and lived the perfect sinless life that walked into the punishment that you and I deserve. That in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, not my will, but your will. I will drink of this cup, the cup what? Of wrath. You see, Jesus Christ took the wrath of God towards sin so that we could walk in the grace of God. Because of the person and work of Jesus Christ, this is a profound and amazing moment to say, may the God of peace, not the God of wrath, may the God of peace, because of the person and work of Jesus Christ, because of that which he has done that you could never do for yourself, would you walk and be equipped to fulfill God's will for your life? You'd think that the author would kind of end here, right? I mean, it says, amen. <laughs> it's just like, wow, that was an amazing prayer. Amen. Boom. Done. Book of Hebrews. Over. But the author doesn't. Moves on. Uh, there's some final greetings. And then there's the last verse of the book that I think is incredible. This letter ends this way with verse 25. It says, grace be with all of you. Grace be with all of you. It's an amazing summary. Loud and clear, grace. Loud and clear. Regardless of the sin of your life, regardless of your preconceived ideas, your misconceptions, all the things that, that you want to earn and work for and do and accomplish, loud and clear, grace. Grace. Because of who Jesus is. We're saved by grace. We'll endure until the end by grace. Grace be with all of us. So what about you? Do you have godly leaders that you're submitting to? Do you have truth tellers, gospel-centered truth tellers, not truth tellers that just tell you what you want to hear when you're most sad or when you're most broken? Those are easy to come by. I mean, really easy. And if you get frustrated, you can just not answer their calls anymore and just find someone else to say, will you tell me what it is that I want to hear? I'm talking about godly leaders that are saying, this is what the word of God says. This is what the God of peace says. Here's the truth. Don't settle for a lie. Are you taking action on the truth that has been spoken? Are you a person that simply hears the gospel or do you act on the gospel? What's the next step of equipping in your spiritual journey as an influencer? What does that look like this morning?
We say every week that the text requires something of us. And so I want to ask you a question as you kind of consider what it looks like to take maybe more seriously, not only who you are submitting to willingly, but also who it is that you're influencing in the different spheres of life you're living. The question is this, what step will I take to be better resourced in my spiritual life? What step will I take to be better resourced in my spiritual life? You see, we can't influence from an empty place. We have to submit and allow the word of God and the truth of God to fill our souls and our lives so that we can be a resource that is poured out to other people. How are we equipping? What does that look like? For some of you this morning, the step you have to take is to surrender your life to Jesus. You've been trying to live your life for yourself, your own motives, your own ideals. And this morning, the application has to be surrendering your life. Saying, okay, God, I'm going to submit to you. And if that's you this morning, it's as simple as praying a prayer. Say, Lord, I'm grateful for the fact that you lived the life I could not live, that you died the death that I deserve. Would you forgive me of my sins and come and be the Lord and leader of my life? You can pray that prayer this morning right where you're at, right where you're at, and begin a relationship. If, if you pray that prayer, I'd love to hear from you. You can email us. You can connect. If you're on the live platform, you can click one of the buttons for next steps and you can reach out or you can push the button for prayer and you can have a conversation with one of us right now. Maybe for you, the next step to be better resourced means starting the journey towards water baptism. Maybe you've crossed the line of salvation at some point in these weeks, maybe even in quarantine, you've crossed the li- the, that line of faith and, and you want to go public with that decision. At, at some point, we'll have a water baptism opportunity, but you can start the process now. You can sign up in our next steps area. So maybe that's the next thing that you have to do. Maybe... It means providing us your information. Maybe you've never provided us your information. I mean, maybe you even have attended regularly when we were meeting and you just, you've never given us your information. We would love to have your information so that we could better resource you. So we could provide you some resources even as we go into the new series next week. I don't know what your next steps are, but for, for some of you, maybe application looks like going to the next steps area of our website and just considering Do I need to connect with circles? You know, in this season, it can be so isolating. It can be so difficult. You go out in public and everyone has a masks on, you know, you just, you just see people's eyes and some of their eyes look so sad. And this is an opportunity for us to, to connect through circles. And so if you're interested in connecting, they're still open. You can sign up for a circle. Maybe for you, the the next step is to to serve on a team, to sign up so that when we're meeting again, there's a way that you can uh, get involved in a practical way, steward your gifts. Maybe it's to sign up for a clarity workshop, know more about yourself, know more about Centerway so that you can take the next steps or to decide to make a decision to steward your your treasure better and to, to take the risk of tithing. I don't know what your next step is. I don't pretend to be the Holy Spirit. I say that often because I think sometimes it feels like someone's telling you what to do. I'm not. I'm just saying, would you be open to whatever it is that the Lord might be calling you to do? What step will you take to be better resourced in your spiritual life? You know, as you consider that, I think it would be kind of cool if we closed our time in prayer by me just praying the benediction over each and every one of you. And so I'm going to read that benediction as a prayer as we close our time together and just consider what it is that the Lord might be leading us to do individually. 
So if you would just bow your heads and allow me to pray this over you. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I'm really excited about uh, this next series coming up. And uh, I just hope that you have the opportunity to join us again next week. You won't want to miss it. It's going to be great. And uh, I hope you decide to, to stick around. You're going to hear more about that right now. Hi, everybody. I'm Meredith, and I'm just here to share some ways that you can respond to the word now and throughout the week. In his message, Claude mentioned a number of ways that you can resource yourself and take next steps, and I'm just here to share a few more. Uh, one of the main things that we do at Centerway to resource you is provide an eight-week discipleship opportunity called Learning to Follow Jesus. It's a one-on-one -on -one spiritual coaching opportunity, and it is so good. Um, we are willing to go through that with you during the season. Of course, it would have to be FaceTime or Zoom or whatever, um, but that is something for you to consider as a resource. Another thing that you've probably heard us talk about in fact, I believe Eric talked about it at the beginning of this Sunday's gathering is our Monday, Wednesday, Friday devotionals. That's a resource we've had available for a very long time. But if you haven't looked into that yet, uh, you can find them all on our website or you can get them de delivered directly to your inbox. And basically our preaching teaching team takes words from the text that you just heard that Sunday and Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they break it down. They give you thoughts to ponder. Uh, it's incredible. It's a, an incredible resource and we really would encourage you to look into that. Um, for all the things that I just mentioned, that Claude just mentioned, you can head to the Next Steps page of our website to look into that further. And here's just a few additional thoughts uh, for resources. You can find a version plan. They have devotional plans that are great, maybe something specific to what's happening in your life. And finally, we really want to encourage you to consider memorizing scripture. That is always a great way to resource yourself and get the Word of God in you. Now, if you have any questions, if you're not sure where to start, or if you have other ideas and maybe just need some help to, to journey through that, we would be happy to come alongside you. Just email us at connect at centerwaychurch.com and we'll get back to you. So one of the ways that we get to respond in worship immediately today is through song, and we're excited to do that. For those of you that are watching or listening later, no worries, you can find the songs that we're about to sing on our uh, Spotify playlist. Just go to Spotify, search Centerway Church, and look for the Loud and Clear Spotify playlist. Not only will you find the songs from today on there, but you'll find the entire series worth of songs, and, and that's a great resource actually for you as well. So for those of you that are on here on the live platform watching live, we are about to head over to Centerway's Instagram Live and Facebook Live. We can't wait to see you over there. We'll give you a minute or two uh, to hop on there. See you there in a minute. 